Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I am your host, John Harris, and today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have Illumination Road, and they have a new EP coming out this summer called A Fool for the Dream. At this time, they've just released a banger of a new single called The Modern World, complete with music video. And right now, I'm being joined by Chad to share some more information about this release and what the boys have got coming up. So, Chad, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, John. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, just cranking out some interviews today. Beautiful day. Um, you said you're Lovely. in the yeah. You said you're in the desert, so I imagine the weather is nice. Um, here in Canada, we're finally getting spring, so it's it's a you know a good time of the year. Lovely. Very excited for you. Was it a harsh winter? No, it wasn't. Uh, oh yeah, we only had our minus twenty for like about a month in February, but. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise no it actually wasn't a bad winter but um you know it's still it's still dark it's still gloomy it's still gray <laughs> it happens i know but not for illumination road so i guess take us through this ep now you mentioned it's one out of two and a fool for the dream is the hard rock ep which i believe modern world would then be a part of correct correct that's correct yeah okay take us through the cp uh, so yeah, we have uh, we, we haven't decided yet if it's going to be five or six songs coming out on this first EP that you just mentioned, "The Fool for the Dream." Uh, we're going to be releasing um, one, maybe two more singles over the course of the next two months or so, and then by July or August, still need to pen in that date, we'll be dropping in a six-song EP. But during this time, we're also going to be releasing the other side of Illumination Road, the the softer side, you could say. Um, it's kind of aimed more towards Americana, while as like the modern world and our next single, it looks like they got to you too, is more like the hard hitting riff rock, uh, you know, talking about today's world problems and, you know, the, the lyrics definitely aim in the direction of like, we just came out of a pandemic that changed everything and everybody's frustrated and wants to get back out and see the new world. And then this other side of us that we're, uh, entitling a fool for the dream, or I'm sorry, that's a, that's the rock one that we're uh, entitling life on the Western shore will be, uh, more of the Americana, um, with like a hint of even some uh, soft rock, bluegrass, you know, more traditional instrumentation, a lot of acoustic-driven type of stuff. Okay. Does the decision to make one uh, a particular genre have to do with the lyrical content? Not necessarily. It was kind of a uh, Chris, the singer, and I. We were you know working on this project for a while now, and when we were uh, at my old place over in Los Angeles, we were in the middle of producing this big rock album, um, you know, super aggressive, kind of progressive type of rock. And uh, in between sessions, like we were doing little acoustic jams and we we're just coming up with these new great songs that just had this great beachy California feel that we just really loved. And we just couldn't turn away from it completely. We love the rock stuff. But then like this other side to us is just like, wow, like we don't really have to pick or choose. And like we don't have to try to merge them together. Let's just, there's no rules in the music industry anymore. We can just do whatever we want. So we decided just to uh, stay true to that feeling that we had with this acoustic stuff. And uh, I think it's coming out really well. I'm super excited for everybody to hear it. Um, and so we just figured, let's just do it on two different EPs and give people different flavors. So if they want to put on a vinyl of some hard rock stuff, they can. Or if they want to, you know, wake up in the morning, have their coffee with some more acoustic driven, you know, softer melody type stuff, there's that too. Okay. Yeah. So I guess it's not too different that you could have 
I don't know, what are some things that happen in the music industry? Create a new band that would come out as a alter ego or sell the songs to another artist? Right. I guess and that's totally possible, but you know, we we love the songs that we write, so we figure like we can hold on to all this stuff and we can play different sets or do whatever we want. You know, we're we're trying to, you know, I guess just break that mold of just the classic band type persona, you know, where we all have different things that we do and that we're bringing into it and um I really think that, you know, being that we can cover all this different ground within one group still, you know, we might as well just go for it and just let everybody hear everything that we can do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, something you mentioned there, which I liked, quote unquote, the mold of the classic band persona. Yeah. Take us through that. How has that changed in the music industry over the last X amount of years? Well, I think a lot of it is just because it's like a, such a DIY industry nowadays, and it's actually better if you can maintain your independence and integrity, you know, without having to succumb to label pressures or anything along those lines. You know, that a lot of people get dragged through the mud when signing to a major label. You know, like all of us in the band have each experienced that with different groups that we've been in and different projects that we've been doing over the years, and we just see how that just kind of just kills the vibe of the group that came together a lot of the times. And, uh, you know, since we all come from like different worlds in a weird way, the four of us, and we all bring different things and like, you know, a couple of us are record producers, me and the drummer, Michael, we actually, you know, own a label together and we produce records for a living. And, uh, we hit every genre in the world and we, we just love all different types of music. And then our, uh, keys, guitar, mandolin player, Greg, who's just kind of multi-instrumentalist can play everything. Um, he comes in and he brings that very bluegrass Americana acoustic type vibe um, with his own influences. So with all these different influences and everybody's different talents, I mean, there's video talents that get pulled into that as well. Like, you know, a couple of us work in video and film as well. So we just think that, you know, we can do everything ourselves. We don't necessarily have to just call ourselves a band. Like we can put out just video content if we want we don't need to just put out albums and singles we can put out whatever we want it's just like an artistic group so you know we plan on kind of not just putting out music but doing whatever the hell we want <laughs> you know and just seeing if people like it and if not cool you know we got plenty of albums and songs coming out so we're just going to produce all the content that we can and uh see what hits mm-hmm yeah, I'm on I'm on the website right now. I'm looking at the the list of of clients that you have had the pleasure to to work with from Velvet Revolver, Fleetwood Mac, um, Sebastian Bach, and <laughs> Corey Taylor. Uh, oh yeah, you know John Five Slash. Ooh, even the Who. Okay, H U the um, the Mongol Mongolian. Yeah, yeah, very killer cool. band. Yeah, I guess. From this experience that you've had, what's the what's the big takeaway for you, especially when crafting your own approach to to making music? Gosh, it's kind of a blessing and a curse, you know, to be able to produce your own stuff. Because you know, on one side of the coin, like yeah, we get to do everything ourselves. It's just the four of us. We don't really need any other influence. We can bounce ideas off each other. But then also being a producer, and I guess like the perfectionism that comes with that we never know when a song is done and like we've beaten songs to death. <laughs> you know, this, this project has been, you know, brewing for a little while now. And, and, uh, I, I can take the blame for a lot of that just because, you know, 
I wanted it to be awesome and perfect and just really stand out. And I think with the modern world, we finally hit a vibe and a sound. And I can attribute that to, you know, all four of us coming together and everybody bringing in their thing. But uh, yeah, bringing in that experience, working with other bands and being in the studio half of my life now has really been able to let me hone in on what original sound I can create, still sonically great and uh, something that pleases me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Making everybody else's records for years, you know, and pleasing, you know, other people and getting their dreams come true. I think like, it's my turn. I want to do this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, here we are. It's Chad's turn. Exactly. Uh, now, something you mentioned that was really interesting. How do you know when a song is done? I know that question comes up a lot. And I guess when you're working with artists, it's done when either the label says it's done or the artist says it's done and you just know, okay, hands off. I could, I could fix this guitar tone a little more or I could, you know, mess with the snare a little more, but label says it's done or artist says it's done. I'm sending it off. And you said you got basically to a point with uh, the modern world where you're like, cool, this is it. Take us through that. How did you get there? Gosh, it kind of is just a, a stroke of luck sometimes. Um, you know, like when you have your own studio and we can, you know, meet up whenever we want and work on stuff, it can be endless, you know, like, oh my God, we can do this better. Well, this tone could be better. Like, oh, this isn't quite locked in enough. But uh, it was just one of those lucky things. Like we, we finished up a session one day, we're like, okay, this is sounding cool. And we bounce it out. And that bounce just somehow had a magical mix to it. It's not necessarily a perfect mix right. per se, but it just had a thing to it. You know, it's really funny, like in the mixing phase, how you can just accidentally land on the vibe of the song. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. not necessarily just like an, a, a perfect mix between volume levels of all the instruments. Sometimes like something, it all just glues together and there's a vibe there where it like transports you to a spot. And when we went and listened to that later on outside of the studio, we're like, yeah, this works. This is great. Like, we don't need to touch it again. So we didn't. And so now we're, we're chasing that with our next few songs. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. It can, it can be a little bit more difficult at times. But uh, I think we're hitting a stride now like where we found a sound that we like. And I think we'll be able to achieve that again. Mm-hmm. I hope. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed, I hope. Um, <laughs> the Modern World. What is this track about? Is this the pandemic? It was actually the the lyrics for the song were actually written um, a while before the pandemic, quite a number of years before the pandemic, you could say. Um, uh, Chris and I have been making music together for about seven or eight years, and uh, we previously had a project called Iron Heel, and we would tour that around. And like we we were a, um, a like a rock trio, like more throwback seventies type of riff rock, and it was a little bit more progressive and angry. And uh, we had this song called The Modern World, and it was a completely different song back then. And uh, we just loved the concept of it. And when we came back together and wanted like a little bit more stripped down and really focus on the vocal performance, all that type of stuff, we, uh, we completely flipped the song upside down, but we just loved the lyrical content and the idea of it. So we just kept those lyrics, readjusted melodies and riffs, and uh, it kind of fell into place of where it's at now that I think, you know, it it allows a lot more focus on those vocals and what Chris is saying. And I think his vocal performance really exudes the emotion of those lyrics a whole lot more. Cause it's pretty, you know, heavy lyrics, you know, it's talking about the world breaking down and, you know, they're mixing poison with the medicine and all this stuff. Not that we're anti-vax or anything. Don't want to put that out there, <laughs> but uh, right. it's just, right. a, it's a, 
it's a bizarre world that we're living through and we're like okay maybe this song just wasn't ready and it just needed the right timing globally so here we are and it just seems to make sense with today's times mm-hmm. well something else you mentioned that i picked up on unless i misunderstood was working on the arrangement so that the vocal has its place and then yeah. that, that way the lyrics shine through more right exactly yeah we Originally, the song was stacked with guitars. It was like very progressive type of way. It was just like an instrumental, just smashing in your face thing all the time. And, you know, we were trying to eke his vocals through there to really sit and have their place. And so when we redid it, we literally just started with the piano. And we didn't even like play piano complicated. It was just big whole notes with the chords. Boom, boom, boom. Like, let's start there. Vocals. And then let's work around the vocals just because... That's the most important thing of any song, for me anyway, is just the vocal and the storytelling and that melody that can come through. So we just worked around that the best we could, and uh, I think we got there. Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think it it uh, it translates well. Well, thank you. You're quite welcome. I was actually <laughs> just thinking of uh, Photograph by Def Leppard, where in the chorus, where you think they would be adding in guitars and other instruments, those actually go away. Ah. And they, they bring in hordes of vocals, but <clears throat> a lot of people don't notice that until you actually listen to it. So it's kind of funny. Oh, okay, I'll have, I'll have to bust that out when we're done here. That's right. Cool. It looks like they got to you, too. That almost sounds yeah. scarcely political. <laughs> <laughs> Political, emotional, uh, all of it. Yeah, um, yeah. This is a, a song that actually is brand new and just kind of came to us when we were in the studio. Um, when we finished the Lum- or sorry, when we finished the Modern Worlds, we're like, okay, we need to follow this up with another smashing banger that you know drives it home and yeah. contains the the story that we're telling in this whole EP of Fool for the Dream. Uh, so yeah, this one is uh, about. An individual, any individual that just has gone through it all. And, uh, you know, whether it's dealing with the pandemic, whether it's dealing with personal life, your job, your relationship, whatever it is, um, you know, it looks like it's like the breaking down. You ever see that movie uh, Falling Down with Michael Douglas? Mm-hmm. Where Been he a just while, has, but yeah. Yeah, the worst day of his life and everybody just keeps hammered home and he turns into the bad guy at the end of the day just because everybody keeps smashing on them this kind of like that type of concept like i could actually see that being the music video for this is <laughs> a very falling down michael douglas type of thing where it's just oh my gosh could it get any worse like they're they're getting under your skin type of thing but we're gonna <laughs> win at the end we're gonna come back out on top yeah so there's it's a- spring but then it's triumph at the end we, we come out of it yeah okay so i don't know if that made any sense yeah i <laughs> So, I mean, I'm trying to like, so the like, if a concept of the EP, like, well, the world sucks, but we can triumph. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's, you know, it's kind of, you know, sometimes you just got to ignore all the, the crap out there and just kind of focus on what you can do personally and what makes you feel good, what makes you succeed. And, you know, the, the feelings that you get when you persevere and, you know, and push through these hard times. And when you come out on top, like the feeling that you get at the end. Um, yeah. I mean, a fool for the dream kind of sounds like a really sad type of statement. You know, it's like, Oh, this poor sucker, like he has this dream and he just can't get through to it anymore just because the world just keeps bashing him. But I think that, you know, being tested and going through these trials 
makes you stronger and you come out on top and with more lessons and more appreciation for the good times. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately where I went into my head when I heard a fool for the dream, something I've heard a lot is the American dream. Yes. Just being, being suckered into that and chasing it. And at some point finding out that, or feeling anyway, that it's an illusion and it's not really something that is real or attainable or whatever. I should be interviewing you about it. That's exactly right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, that, that's absolutely correct. Groovy. Now, I'm also looking at the the links for the, the studios. I'm over looking at, at a Escape right now, yeah. which, is, uh, which is crazy. It's pretty amazing. This is where I am currently. This is where I reside out here in Pioneertown, California. Um, the place was founded by my good friend Rocco Gardner, um, he uh, founded this place about seven years ago, and uh, a while back, him and I linked up. Um, I'd come out here to do a record with my friend Matt Sorum from Guns N' Roses, and uh, I fell in love with the place. I've always come out to the desert, but I've never experienced the desert like this. Um, and uh, it just so happened a house popped up right next door, and so Rocco and I teamed up. I built my own studio out here, and now we have a, a whole compound of recording studios, filming locations, a full spa and like all the amenities so people can come in and uh, enjoy themselves, be creative, create. And the artists that we've had come through have just been amazing. We've had incredible experiences here. Um, I just finished up Billy Gibbons' uh, most recent record here and we're working on ZZ Top. Uh, we just had Usher here last week. So it's like a wide range of people that roll through and it just has uh, inspired Illumination Road, this place to uh, kind of encapsulate our entire sound and our entire vibe. Like the music video for The Modern World was shot here at Escape, and all the recordings are done right here. So, yeah, that was my new home. Be, yeah, that was going to be my next question. Watching the music video for The Modern World is, was it then filmed where you are? And it, you just said yes. Yeah, that, that, that is my home. That is at Escape. Okay, very cool. Yeah. Now we have what appears to be a... Uh, young lady, protagonist, maybe, of of the music video. Um, mm-hmm. Is there a storyboard to this music video? What were you guys going for? Uh, the original concept uh, was, I mean, we didn't completely abandon it, but it was uh, due to weather and uh, due to a, a number of different things. You know, up here in the high desert where we're at, it can also get cold. Not negative 20 Canada cold, but <laughs> cold for the desert where we do get snow. <laughs> and uh, and so the original idea was uh, this poor girl is getting lost throughout the desert and falls asleep and wakes up in this new world where this band is playing right in front of her, blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, it was just kind of a, you know, a last minute idea that we felt fit the narrative of the song and uh it kind of got trimmed down a little bit more but the idea was you know she pulls into escape and finds herself amongst this band that's reminiscing about the good times when we could go out and play pre-pandemic what have you and um she kind of gets to feel this alter ego of how we're all feeling of remembering back to the good times when we can rock out and be together and play concerts and you know live the lives that we all want to live yeah. So, yeah. I'm also curious, how does, say, for example, a Billy Gibbons or an Usher find out about the studio? Is it, I, I'll just leave it at that. How do they, how do, how do, for example, in one week, do you get ZZ Top and then Usher? 
Um, well, we haven't even actually marketed this place at all, so it's always been just word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's usually just friends that say, "Oh my gosh, you gotta check out my buddy's studio. You know, facilities out in Pioneer Town." Um, I've worked with Billy Gibbons for years um, with my other buddy Matt Sorum, and we all just decided that, that this was the place to write and record an album. Um, it's uh, it's an easy sell. Uh, this place it's just magical it's uh, you know when you think of the desert you think of arid desolate type of things but there is just so much inspiration and life and uh, space for creativity here and no distractions like the city so uh, it's it's just easy to get people so Usher was just through a friend and he ended up staying for over a week just because he fell in love with it and uh, Gibbons you know we'll have him back here shortly uh, to work on some other stuff um, it's just you know, it's it's really easy to pull people into this place and make them feel at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. we've been lucky. Yeah. All right. Groovy. Sweet. So we chatted about a lot of things, Chad. We chatted about the the song, Modern World, music video, The Modern World. We chatted about the studio Escape. We chatted about um, some of the takeaways that you've had over the years of working with, you know, uh, for example, ZZ Top and Usher as the most recent example. Um which is kind of funny for a lot of people. They would say that those are artists' worlds apart, but are they really in terms of their goals? And uh, I mean, they uh, still all need like the same type of inspiration to create. You know, I mean, not yeah. necessarily the same type of inspiration, but they all need inspiration and a place to be creative. So I guess, it, yeah, uh, you know, they, they actually surprisingly have a lot more things in common than you'd think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would imagine at, at their level that they're probably pretty. Similar. They produce things differently, but it's still a song at the end of the day, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and they just know how to bring a good team of people around them, too. You know, when Usher rolled in, he had this incredible band with them, and they did a live performance just for us down here, and they went through all of his hits, but then they started playing all of Thriller by Michael Jackson. And there's like, oh my God, these guys can do anything. And then they went into Pink Floyd. And the same thing with Gibbons here. Like, he'll be sitting on the couch and he'll just like break into a, a Ride Cooter song. Or like, tell us a story about Keith Richards or what have you. Yeah. And they just come from these different worlds. But all these stories and experiences kind of like, I don't know, fit together somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just still that creative musical world that we're all obsessed with. And, you know, they all give me the same feeling of just excitement every time they're around and every time I get to work with them. Yeah, very cool. And what else did we chat about today, Chad? We chatted about... The mold of the classic band persona. We were chatting about that at the very beginning. We chatted about perfectionism. How do you know when the song is done? <laughs> when when Usher says it's done, that's when the song is done. Yeah, uh, or your bank account. Yeah, or your bank account. One of those two. <laughs> uh, we chatted about the EP of Fool for the Dream, the hard rock side of life, and then we've got also as well Life on the Western Shore, the more Americana, softer uh, side that is also going to be gracing our ears uh, this year. Is there anything Indeed. that I anything that I missed, Chad? That you wanted to chat about? That we had to chat about? Oh my goodness! N- not that I can think of offhand. Uh, no, we're, we're just excited to put this music out and uh, hear what everybody thinks. Sweet. And right. I got to thank you for your time and great questions this morning. Oh well, thank you. You're quite welcome, sir. Great music, and I mean, if I can't come up with a question about the things that you do with your life, then I should find something else to do with my spare time. <laughs> Groovy. All right. Well, Chad, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. 
Hello, hello, or should I say goodbye, goodbye? Thank you so much for listening to the Rock Metal Podcast. I've been your host, John Harris. Please head over to our website at www.therockmetalpodcast.ca. There you can sign up for our newsletter and find out more information about today's show.